This is DWMOD. As always, I'm your host, Mikey Wilson. Stay with me now. Hey, the Pistons are scrappy, but it's quickly looking like we got all our balls in that lottery bag. Down! Hut! 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 Hey, it's 2023, and they still haven't put Sweet Lou Whitaker in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Knock it off. Ready? Aw, Lions fans drinking that Kool-Aid. Super Bowl! Hey, disagree with me or don't. That's how it works. Hut! Hut! For everybody that was laughing at Dan Campbell, he has delivered everything that he has promised. And now the NFL world is bathing in the grit and drinking the Kool-Aid of the Detroit Lions. The man is the coach of the year. Don't! Everybody's up in arms about a college football playoff expansion. Make it 8, make it 10, make it 16, it doesn't matter. In five years, the two super conferences known as the SEC and the B1G will have their own individual playoffs, and those two teams will meet in the college Super Bowl. Bet on it. Hey, disagree with me or don't. That's how it works. All right, it's time for another episode of DWMOD, guys, and let's get to it. Oh, man, I'm your host, Mikey Wilson. As always, it's disagree with me or don't, and there's going to be a lot of that today. I think there's going to be a lot of you disagreeing with me, or maybe you don't, but it's time to talk about the Detroit Lions and what happened yesterday in that NFC championship game, guys. Honestly, uh, tough one. Real, real tough one. There'll be no quick hits today, guys, on this episode because it's just going to be one long discussion on the Lions. And then on the back end, we'll close it out with some knock-it-offs, a few things we want to get to. But for the main part, it's time to talk about the state of the Detroit Lions right now. Last night's game, epic collapse. Epic collapse, guys. But the theme of the show this week is going to be two things can be true. Last night, the way that that game went down, the loss there was absolutely it was absolutely same old lions. You can't you can't hide that. The way that it happened was same old lions. I mean, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, heartbreak. It was all same old lions. But I'm telling you right now, this team is not the same old lions, guys. Two things can be true. That looked bad last night and looked like old lions creeping in. It's just not the case. That's not the case, man. This is not the same old Lions. Listen, first of all, I just want to say thank you to the Detroit Lions for this season, man. I know there's a lot of people out there hating and tearing up their shit and feeling like I can't believe I got sucked in again. And I'm like, what do you mean sucked in again? It's been forever since we've ever, ever, ever been here. Never, never have we been here. And now, uh, you know, and now we get here. So just calm down with all of that, man. Let me just say thank you to the Detroit Lions. What a ride. What a ride this season was, no doubt about it, man. It was exciting. It had its ups and downs like any growing team does. I mean, guys, it usually takes a season to learn how to win, right? And we jumped it last year. The second half of last season, we started doing that down the stretch. We already got ahead of schedule doing that. And then this year, we looked great. We looked great, man. Yeah, we had games against the Ravens that didn't look so well. That That's normal, man. That That's the NFL. That's the NFL. Bad game plan, that game. You know, we learned from it. We moved on. Listen, this team has been special. This team has been fun. And I couldn't be more excited for the future. I couldn't be more 
thankful to Sheila Ford and Brad Holmes for everything they've done for her to come in and, and finally have somebody in charge from the Ford family in charge of the Lions that, that cared, that really cared about winning and wanted to tap into the city's football craze and finally give us a winner and check her ego and be like, Hey, let me bring some people in that maybe know about this. And maybe I just listen, maybe I just listen and then put my expertise on the information they give me. You know, we finally had an owner that has been like, Hey, somebody help me here. What do we need to do? What do we need to do? They bring in Chris Spielman. They bring in Barry Sanders. They bring in these people that could tell you from the history of what's been going on in that building. Here's where we've been wrong. Here's where we got close. The only team that got close 91, 92, here's where we got close and here's where it went wrong. And she listens to them and goes out and gets Dan Campbell and the league and, and all the pundits shit on the lions for being the lions again. This guy's a clown biting a kneecap. He's a goofball. We can't believe other coaches lost opportunities to give this goof another, uh, like it, whatever they wanted to say. They couldn't have been more dead wrong. Okay. I, I love this guy. I love this guy. Nobody has changed the culture of the Detroit Lions the way that this guy has because he's done it. No one else had. Like, guys, even during the Caldwell years and a little bit of the Schwartz era there, we had hope. We had hope that we were turning the corner, but we didn't – you never really believed, right? You never really believed. I was all in on that 14 season. You know, I, like, I thought that was the year we were going to go to the Super Bowl. I really did. Uh, Dominic and Sue and those guys had changed the defense, but the culture – really didn't change from the top down then because it was still it was still flash and pizzazz and we got Calvin and we got Stafford and who's selling tickets just didn't seem like it was a cohesive unit you know what I mean like it does now like it does now that and and that proved itself when Sue went out the door we went right back to nothingness that, that whole identity of that team I'm not going to beat that to death I've talked about that a thousand times but my point is we had hope back then but now we believe, man. There's a big difference between hope and believe. And, and this team, the culture has changed. And I love Dan Campbell for that. Always will. He's the man for that. There's no doubt about it. Everything he's done for Detroit, for the Lions. I mean, the whole city is filled with belief. People, they're, they're adding extra planes. I don't think people understood what this Lions run and what this Lions game yesterday meant to the city of Detroit and the people. I don't, if you're outside of that, you don't realize it. You see it, it's a fun story. You're on board. We're America's team now, but you don't get it, man. Like Delta Airlines had to add flights and bigger planes because people were flying out for this game. Like that's a big deal as a Lions fan, man. And the biggest news story that I saw General Motors shut down the assembly line during their third shift yesterday so that the employees could watch the game. Guys, let that set in for a minute, man. Multi-billion dollar corporation shut down the assembly line of production so the employees could watch the game. That's like in the beginning of Scrooge when, when he gives Bob Cratchit that one extra piece of coal and you're like, holy shit, man. You know what I mean? Like times that by a thousand. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable what this guy came in here and did with this team and what this team has done for the city. Love them. Love them to death, man. But there were some really bad, bad decisions made yesterday, guys. And that's the theme for the show this week is two things can be true. 
I can love Dan Campbell and I can be excited for the future. And I can, I'm, I'm so optimistic about what's going to come and they are going to learn from this moment. And, and next year is going to be even better, but at the same time, I can be really bummed out and I can be upset with Dan Campbell for yesterday. And, and that's fine, man. I just want everybody to know that's fine. You don't have to do the, the thing in society now where you got to take one side or the other. You know, everything's got to be freaking Brangelina or whatever fuck that joke of a shit is. It's always got to be one side or the other. Or we got to argue. It's got to be fucking first take. I hate him and he should be done and he's stupid. And he'll never win. And, oh, I love him. He's the greatest. It, guys, two things can be true. He's amazing. I love him. I don't want him to change what he does. Keep doing what you're doing. Be you. Go for it. Be aggressive. Be you. And he's going to do that. I mean, he said it in a press conference himself, man. I got no regrets. He's got no regrets from yesterday, and that's how I want him to be. Have no regrets. Now, I didn't say don't learn from it, and he didn't say he's not going to learn from it. But you can't have regrets in that situation because then you're just living in the past. And this is a team that's ahead of schedule. Getting to the NFC Championship game this year, everybody would say we're ahead of schedule. Getting there this year, nobody thought would happen. And for him to, to say there's no regrets with that, that's exactly what you want him to feel. I have no regrets with my decision because I'm not living in the past, man. I'm not going back and keep regretting that. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to take that into consideration the next time and we're going to move forward. And that's, that's how this team has to be. You guys want to get to the Super Bowl, man. You got to learn. You got to evolve. You got to get better. What did, what did everybody expect? I mean, at the end of the day, honestly, what did everybody expect? That we're going to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl? We wanted to. You're a liar if you say you expected that. That's why this thing was such a joyous ride, man. You're a liar if you say you expected that. You didn't. This was an amazing, amazing ride, man. And you got to get on it for a dollar. You know what I mean? It was great. So we have to evolve. We have to get better. We got to learn from that. But I can still be crushed. I can still be upset. I can still look at it and say, man, damn it. We had that thing, man. Two things can be true. Two things can be true, guys. Now, here's here's the thing about Dan, uh, I feel terrible for him for yesterday. I, re I really do, man. I would give the guy a fucking hug if I could because I love him. And nobody, nobody is more upset. You think you're upset. You think you're crushed and you're disappointed about what happened yesterday. Believe me, that guy is a thousand times more crushed and upset and beating himself up about this than you are. I, I promise you. You saw this guy uh, when the, when they first brought him in and they put him on hard knocks. You saw this guy pleading with the team, and you could see it was honest, man. I promise you I'm not a lunatic, man. I'm not. I know what's going on here. I know what we have to do. We got to be tough. We got to take reps. We got to get. We got to have grit. I'm not a lunatic. I'm not going to kill you guys out here to prove we're tough. There, there's a plan here. Stick with it. This is who we need to become. He was right. That was all genuine, and he was 100% correct in all of it. So that guy, he loves these guys. You've seen him almost break into tears just talking about guys he had to let go from the team. This guy's invested and cares and loves these dudes. He's beating himself up really bad, man. I'm telling you right now, nobody feels worse than that guy right now. Nobody. Nobody. My heart goes out to him, man. I can't wait for next season, and I'm bummed out about yesterday really, really bad. Two things can be true. You guys want to shit on him and be like, we're never going to win, and he keeps doing dumb stuff. Like, you can shit on him if you want to, but nah, nah. I'm not going to do that, man. What this guy came in here and gave me and gave all of you with this Lions team right now, nah. I'm not going to shit on that dude at all, man. 
going to show him love. He's going to learn. We're going to get better. We're going to move forward. This thing's going to kick back off next year. And at the same time, it was pretty bad last night. I think he blew it with that call, you know. But I'm a football guy, man. You know, if you played football at a high level, you coached football at a high level, you understand you don't just lose the game based on that call. A lot of stuff had to add up for that game to go down the way it did. It wasn't just those calls, okay? And we're going to get into that, and we're going to break this thing down. But two things can be true, man. We can be bummed out. We can realize that mistakes were made, and we can also realize, boy, is it fun being a Lions fan again right now, and thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I'm with you. Let's move forward. First of all, let's address everybody that was still hating on the Lions or that immediately wants to jump off the bandwagon right now and be like, ah, see, I told you. Why why would we even get involved and believe again? What do you mean, man? Just because we didn't win the Super Bowl? Like, you're like, this is bullshit and I'm not buying in? I mean, you obviously weren't paying attention all year. This team is legit, man. We have respect in the league. This team, we didn't even make the playoffs last year, man. We haven't won but one playoff game in the history of this franchise in the Super Bowl era before this season. This year, we come in and not only win two, we host two games. We go to the NFC Championship. We got it in our hand. I mean, like literally a couple of plays from going to the Super Bowl. And and some of you guys are already like, forget it, man. I'm off this train. Like, I just don't get it, man. Like, I understand the, the battered child syndrome of how bad the franchise has been in the past, but let me just remind you guys of some other franchises in the city that were kind of the same way, and we didn't treat them this way when they lost, right? I mean, the Dead Wings, guys, the Dead Wings of the 80s and 90s, terrible, abysmal, abysmal. Then we finally got some guys in, got a coach, change the culture, get some players. We start making a run. We got all the way to the Stanley Cup, man, and the city was on fire hockey town. What happened? We got swept by the New Jersey Devils. Did the town bail on the Red Wings? They're like, ah, oh, shit, same old Dead Wings. Same old Dead Wings, man. I'm done with it. No. No, we didn't do that, man. We got excited. Next year, they came back, won the damn thing, and then they won it back to back. You know what I mean? Same with the Tigers. I mean, since, since they won it in 84 and were decent in like 88, they were trashed through the 90s, almost set the record for most losses in the history of baseball in a season in the 2000s. Abysmal, abysmal they were. And then 2006, they come out of nowhere, catch fire, get a new manager, changes the culture, comes in, we get rolling. This team gets to the World Series that year and the city was on fire. Don't stop believing everybody's on board tigers it was a magical run greatest summer of my life man i met my wife that summer man like greatest summer of my life that 06 run the tigers had man it was phenomenal we went to the world series and outside of one gem by kenny rogers we basically got swept by the cardinals did the city bail on the tigers and be like yeah we knew it same old tigers no and that team kept rolling because the culture changed we went back to another World Series with that team. Multiple, multiple American League championship games, okay, lost. But that happens. We kept losing in the ALCS, kept losing in the ALCS. They bail on the Tigers. Oh, same old Tigers. Just get one game from the championship. No, we didn't. We went back to the World Series again and got swept by the San Francisco Giants. San Francisco's a theme here, I guess. But we got swept by the Giants. Did everybody shit on the Tigers? No. So why you guys want to shit on the Lions right now, man? We finally got the same formula in place here. Got ourselves a new coach. Got a culture change going on here, guys. It's different. We made a run. We came close to going to the fucking Super Bowl, man. Like, 
chill out and relax. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to second guess those calls and be mad about those calls. And it's okay to still love this team and love the fact that Dan Campbell's the head coach and want him to come back next year and still keep doing things the same way. Two things can be true. Now let's just get into the game a little bit. Okay. Let's get into breaking down the game a little bit because Hey, that's what you got to do, right? You want to learn, you want to move forward. You want to get better. You got to, you got to take a look back at where things were kind of starting to go wrong. Let's take a look back at the game guys and break down the game. And the theme here is going to be more of the same for me in this whole episode, guys, two things can be true. And when it started going bad in the second half, it was wrong calls and tough breaks. And you know what? If a team's going to make a comeback on you of the fashion that the 49ers did, They usually need both of those things. They need you to screw up and make a couple of wrong calls, and they need a few breaks to go their way. And boy, did both of those things happen, man. Two things can be true. We made some wrong calls, and they got some big fucking breaks. I mean, let's, let's just address the elephant in the room before we get to some of the other stuff, okay? It was the, the two fourth downs where we go for it. Those, that's the big issue for everybody, right? Now, all season, this is what Dan Campbell has done, all right? And sometimes it's hurt us, but more times than not, it helped us this year. He, he, You know, that's who he is, man. He's Dan Gamble, and then that's what they're going to do. And that's how we lived, and that's how we won 12, 13, 14 games. That's fine, okay? But for me, there was two of them, okay? Two fourth downs that we go for it. Now, on one of them, Reynolds has a pretty big drop. I mean, let's not let's not look past that. Reynolds dropped that ball. We get that first down. That's a big deal. Now you can second guess the decision all you want because it didn't work out. And I'm not going to disagree with you. We we play disagree with me or don't. I won't disagree with you on that because even making that call, you put that play, you know, out there for the chance for it to go wrong. There's always a chance a play can go wrong. So you can't just say, well, it was the right call because the guy dropped it. No, there's a chance the guy's going to drop it. That's all part of going for it. That's all part of the gamble. Someone could miss a block. Someone could drop a ball. It's all part of the gamble there, right? It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that he dropped the ball because we would have got the first down. But again, two things can be true. Wrong call and a tough break. Probably could have had that first down. He catches that ball. It is a first down. But he didn't. He dropped it. The second one, the second one, you got to take the points there, man. They've been killing us. They've been killing us. They've been scoring on every possession, every possession. And I heard Dan at at the presser talking about, hey, man, you want to stop the bleeding? They're going to just bleed out that clock. We wanted to take control of the game again there. If we get that first down and we go in and score, we take the lead. Now the pressure's back on them down the stretch in this game, and that's what we wanted to do. That's fine. That's fine. That's been his mentality the whole time is, is to play from that position. So stick to who you are, but learn from it. You know what I mean? But learn from it because in that point, you know what stops the bleeding in that point? We haven't scored any fucking points and they've scored 24 points. You know what stops the bleeding? Some points, some points, man, like tie the game, tie the game. You know, this is a different situation than in Dallas where you go for two. You know, people want to throw that at me. Well, what about the Dallas situation then? You know, you try to go for the win there. You just tie it. You should tie it. No, I agree with that one. I agree with that one. Because there's one major, major difference between this and the Dallas game. You lose that Dallas game, you wind up the third seed, and that's what happened. Big deal. You keep playing. This game, you lose this game, you go home. You lose this game, you go home. Different set of circumstances, okay? You're playing Dallas on the road. You're trying to lock up that number two seed. You go for two. I mean, it was the right call because we fucking scored. 
and we scored and we won the game, but that's a different situation, man. That's a different situation. You lose that game. You're not dead. This one, you lose, you go home. Now I'm not saying that that should start dictating your decisions. It shouldn't, but it should be considered. You should have took that field goal there. And I'm not being Monday morning quarterback on this stuff. You guys listen to the show, you know, I've got a bigger issue with the first one. We went for it and you know, I've got receipts. If you listen to this show. Okay. Now let's, let's work up to that right now. First possession in the second half, uh, the Niners go down, they get a field goal, right? Our first possession in the second half, this is where we go for it on fourth and two. Okay. After the Niners just came out of the half, got themselves a field goal. Their offense hadn't been doing shit. They finally got to drive together, get all the way down there and get some points. What do we got going for us at this point in the game right now? Their defense feels like we can't stop them. We ran it down their throat for 140 yards in the first half, right? I think like 23 carries, 140 yards, something like that in the first half, right? Their defense is on their heels. They're supposed to be the shit on defense and they're going, we can't stop them. We've got them not believing in themselves. And our offense now has drove all the way down the field on them again and has them even more so feeling like we cannot stop them. We're at the 28-yard line. This is one of my biggest ones. You guys listen to the show. You know this. This is my biggest fuck analytics and stop doing this. When you have momentum and you have the lead, do not go for fourth and short, especially when you have a chance to just get some more points. You don't do it. It changes momentum. And none of these stupid mathematical formulas understand that. You can't do that. You have a defense in this situation. It's fourth and short. They can't stop you, haven't stopped you. They don't believe in themselves. And you go for that fourth and two instead of taking the 38-yard field goal. And a lot of things happen when they stuff you. Yeah, it's great if you get it and you go on and score. You put your foot on their throat. You put the foot on the gas, whatever. But if you don't get it, you have now opened the door for the momentum monster, man. And that is real. The momentum monster is real. That defense comes up with a big stop. Okay, Reynolds dropped the ball. Do you think they care? Do you think they go to the sideline and go, oh, man, we're still defeated, though. A guy dropped the ball. They would have had it. Fuck no. They start celebrating. Yeah, we're on him. We were on him. He dropped the ball. That's the stuff. And now they're hyped up. And now they're only down 14. Now they're only down two scores. And the offense just drove, right? And here comes the momentum monster. They get the 51-yard face mask pass. Here it comes, man. Like, you, you made that possible. You instilled them with belief. You instilled them with momentum. And then a big play goes their way. And now you're in trouble. You don't open that door, man. That's one of my biggest things as a coach and, and, a, and a football guy breaking football down. That is one of my things. Though That's a situation you don't do that in. Don't do it. Take the points and send their ass off the field like, man, we just got a field goal. They just answered right back. Shit, we can't stop them. Keep them in that mindset. Don't give them the opportunity to be like, we just slammed the door on you. Now we got to figure it out. And then they get the face mask pass, and then they get a touchdown. Now they're only down seven. Now they're only down seven. The, the fans are jumping out of the building. Momentum monsters in their back pocket. Don't like it. Don't like it. So then what are you going to do coming out of that? Now, now this is a little Monday morning quarterback from me here. That very next series we come out, what do we want to do offensively in that series, man? We want to settle this game down, right? We want to settle this game down. Let's get back to what we were doing in the first half. 
and bullying them, right? Bring in Montgomery, hammer the ball right into their teeth, pick up five or six, and let them know we're getting right back to it here. But instead, we get cute. We, we go with Gibbs. That's not normally a Gibbs run. You know, so we're trying to keep them off balance, keep them on their heels. You know, they don't give us in the backfield. Now they've got to adjust differently. They've got to get some guys prepared to play the flats, play a, maybe a stretch run, play some kind of a quick screen out of the backfield. They have to respect his speed, right? So they spread out a little bit. And then you're going to try to hammer Gibbs up in the A gap. It makes sense football wise, guys. It makes sense football wise, but that's not the guy to carry that ball right there into the a gap and what happened he's not used to doing that power run up in the middle like that a lot he gets in there they strip the ball man and they take it from him you know why because they have momentum and things just aren't going our way it's not that gibbs did anything terrible or he's not good he's fantastic man he's fantastic sometimes bad shit happens and when you give them all the momentum and bad shit happens that's two things can be true and they both happen on that play we fumble it. They get the ball back. They score right away again. Bang. The game's tied up that fast. All spiraling off, not taking that field goal fourth and two. You gave them momentum and took points off the board. That's the big one for me, man. I just don't like doing that. That being said, damn be damn, man. That's how we got where we are. That's how we got where we are. I'm not saying I could have done a better job than this guy. I'm not one of these yokels, man. I'm just breaking down the game. And that's one where if you listen to the show, you know I was off the couch just screaming at the TV. That's one of my big ones. Don't give them momentum right here. They just got a field goal. Take your field goal back on them and let them know. We'll go 70 yards every time, guys, and get points. Instead, you let them slam the door on you and get rolling. They score that second touchdown right off the fumble, and now they got double momentum, okay? And and everybody wants to shit on Gibbs for fumbling that ball. Number one, they shouldn't have put him in that spot. That's Montgomery's spot. Let Montgomery go in there and hammer the ball. That, that's what he does. You know, they shouldn't have put Gibbs in that spot. But at the end of the day, that fumble don't cost us the game, man, because we scored a touchdown off turnover too. Rodrigo picked off that touchdown or picked off that pass. He got the interception. We scored a touchdown off that turnover. We scored seven off a turnover. They scored seven off a turnover. That's a wash, guys. That's a wash. That's football. Can't be blaming it on that fumble. That's a wash, and that's football. Well, boy, we didn't get it together after that either, did we? Because on the very next series, we go three and out. We go three and out. And again, it's a Reynolds drop. Yeah, that's unfortunate, man. That's two of them now for him, man. That's two. But you can see the things are starting to add up, man. And I'm telling you, if you ever watched that movie, The Replacements, um, it's, a, it's a good football movie, comedy. It's a good football movie. But I'm listen, for a goofy little football movie, that's got one of the best analogies in it that I've ever, ever heard for sports. And it's dead on. And when Keanu Reeves gives that speech about the quicksand, man, that shit is real. That shit is real. If you've ever been in it, man, you know, you, you just start pressing and trying harder and you can't get a grasp on what's going on and you feel like it's slipping away. And the more you fight it, the more you start sinking, man. And the quicksand had set in here. Reynolds drops it after that. Like that's just, that kind of stuff is not coincidental that it all happens in a row. That shit starts to happen because momentum slips in. He dropped that ball as a bummer, but that's three and out and they get the ball right back. They go right down, get a field goal, and take the lead. They've now taken the lead in the game. That's four straight scores on four straight possessions. And we, at this point, have run, I don't know, I think like eight or nine plays in the second half so far. We've run eight or nine plays. You see what's happening here? That's that's. You see what's happening here, man. I, I just, ugh. so now 
You didn't get that fourth down. I'm going to beat a dead horse here for a minute. You didn't get that fourth down. They stuff you. They score. They get the fumble. They score. We go three and out on a drop. They score. They've taken the lead now all in the third quarter. They've erased the lead and taken the lead all in the third quarter on you, man. Now, now we got to get something. Now we got to get something, okay? Offense gets the ball. We get all the way down to the 30-yard line again. Great drive. Offense doing their thing, doing their part. They get all the way down to the 30-yard line chance to tie the game right here. This is not a situation where you're going to stop the bleeding by going for it and getting it. None of that is happening, right? You've already missed on it once. You don't need to miss on it twice. Throw that analytic shit out the window. of Well, if you missed it the last time, odds are you won't miss it twice in a row. You can shove your odds up your ass. I got a feel for this game right now. Things aren't going our way. We're not playing extremely confident. You know, that's a big difference, man. When you have that major confidence going, that swagger going, like shit starts to happen for you because you're playing that way. When you're trailing and momentum's been against you, as hard as you're playing, man, you're not playing with that ultimate confidence. Drops happen. Drops happen. Now that play just got blown up. Guy missed the block. They ran a stunt. That got up in the middle. Goff's got to roll out. He tries to make as good a throw as he can to to Brown, but everybody's covered. The whole thing's just a hot mess. At that point, you want to stop the bleeding? Got to put some points on the board, man. Just put the points on the board and let's go kick off now. It's a few minutes left in the game and let's see what happens. Maybe we swung momentum here a little bit. Now we're rolling. Maybe we get a three and out now. Maybe we get a stop or a turnover. Give yourself a chance, you know? I just didn't like that call, but I don't have as big a problem with that second one as I did the first one. You don't give them the momentum. You just don't do it, man. You don't give them the momentum. I mean, that last one, that, that's a field goal from the 30-yard line, man. Like, that's that's a that's a field goal that you're 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 going to make, okay? You're, you're going to make that. You're going to tie the game. But here's the other thing. The offense, as much as they haven't had the ball at this point in the second half, outside the fumble and the drop on the three and out, on the other two drives, they've done their part. They've, they've drove all the way down into field goal range, but then we go for it and we come away with nothing. Now, the second time we get all the way down into field goal range and we come away with nothing. The message to the offense cannot be it's touchdown or bust, right? I think that's a fair point. Disagree with me or don't if you want on that. But in a game like this, the message cannot be to your offense who's moving the ball on them at will. The message cannot be touchdown or bust, guys. You got to let them take some points, take some victories off the field. You, you just got to do that. And again, I think it's absolutely a situation where Dan Campbell's not going to regret that decision, and he shouldn't. Don't regret it. Don't look back on it, man. But he's got to learn from that one. This is the NFC Championship game. You take those points. You're up 14, go up 17. You know what I mean? You got a chance to tie the game? Tie the game. Tie the damn game. You know? They take the ball just like last time. We don't convert that fourth down. And they take the ball, and they go all the way down and score again. Now they're up 10. They go down and score again. They're up 10. Now, for everybody that wants to shit on the defense at this point and be like, the defense ain't doing shit. First of all, we gave their offense the momentum. But second of all, to this point in the game, and I think that there's, let me see, I think there's how much time on the clock at this point? Three minutes? There's like three minutes left in the game at this point when they get this touchdown. There's three minutes to go in the game. You know how many plays we've run in the second half? At this point, we run 18 plays. We have run 18 plays in the second half. Guys, the defense has been on the field the whole damn second half. They're gassed. They're tired. And the Niners are rolling. Shit on the defense all you want, man. You, you can't do that. 18 plays. 
And here's the big disparity there. In the first half, we run the ball 23 times, 140 yards, bullying them, putting it down their throat. In the second half, we run the ball seven times, man. Seven times. Now, that's a bit of Monday morning quarterbacking right there. I'm not going to pile on like some of these pundits and be like, I know I could have done a better job. Got away from us a little bit there, man. Got away from us a little bit there because we're in the quicksand and we're pressing and we feel like we need to throw the ball. We got to get some points going, man. We got to score. We got to stop this bleeding. We got to. You just went away from the run, man like seven times for 33 yards. So at this point in the game, we've run 18 plays, man. Yeah, they went right down and scored again. Now we're in trouble. And then the last call, the last call that I had a big issue with here, man, was at the end of the game, we're down at the goal line. Now you need a touchdown and a field goal. Now you can argue this any way you want. Guys will go both ways on this, right? You take the field goal fast, and then you got the three timeouts. You try to get them stopped, and then you go for the Hail Mary touchdown at the end of the game. And the the other school of thought is when you're that close to the goal line, you're at the three-damn-yard line. No, we got to try to stick this in and get the seven, and then we get the stop and try to get the field goal. And that's fine. Either way you want to argue that, down at the goal line, my opinion would be let's stick it in and get the touchdown, and we'll get the field goal later. I don't. I'd rather a field goal than a Hail Mary. Either way, I'm not going to say you're, you're right or wrong. I, I think my way's right. Disagree with me or don't. But here's the thing. Everybody, the pundits on TV, the knuckleheads on the internet that think they know everything are shitting on the fact that we ran the ball right there on third down. You can't run the ball. You got to throw it because then if it's an incomplete, you stop the clock and you blah, 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 blah. The only thing you're right about is you can't use that timeout. There's no reason you can't run the ball down there, third down with a minute five on the clock. I mean, for, from youth football, especially in the, even high school, like high-level high school football, it, this is you have two plays ready. That's all. It's not like there's 18 seconds on the clock. There's a minute five left on the clock, and we've been hammering the ball. And the last bunch of times we were down in the red zone, we hammered the ball right into the end zone. So if you, you, you took the shot on first down, you took the shot on second down, you didn't get it, and on third down, if you're like, look, man, let's just get Monty in there and try to hammer it into the end zone. That's fine. You can do that. You just can't use the timeout. So at any level of football, you got two plays. You send in two plays. This is common, guys. This is common football. If you want to run the ball right there, go ahead. But it comes in two plays. Jared, here's the deal. We're going to hand it off to Montgomery, and depending on how it goes, you're going to make the call immediately. Right back to the line immediately on fourth down. If we get real close, get in there. You want to go sneak. You want to give it to Monty again up in the middle, whatever. That's the play. If we get close, here's our close play. Run it immediately. If we don't and they stuff us for a two yard loss, like they did. And now we're at like the four yard line. If our concept is we're still going for the touchdown here, then you run our best two point play, right? We're at the three, four yard line. You run our two point play. Those are the two plays. Go out there and do it. We're not using the timeout. So go ahead and hand it off to Montgomery. If you get close, we line back up at the line and we go for it again. If you lose the two yards like we did, you run your best two-point play, you get it, you don't get it. I'm just saying the concept there is if you're going for the touchdown, you got two plays ready, you can't use that timeout. The one thing you cannot do is use that timeout. They run the ball and then they call timeout. Game's over. Game's over even if you score now because you got to get the onside kick. And NFL rules now dictate you can't get an onside kick. You can't. You can't. Uh, You just can't use that timeout right there, man. You need that. You need three timeouts for first down, second down, third down, force them to punt the ball. So if you run two plays there quick and you get in the end zone, there's still 40-something seconds on the clock and you got three timeouts. You're going to get the ball back with like 20, 25 seconds left maybe. You got a shot. You're not going for the onside kick. So I feel like that just kind of got away from her at the end too. But 
but I'm not going to shit on anybody about that, man. This is the first time that this coach and this, this coaching staff has been in that situation. You can't expect them to react like Bill Belichick and Andy Reid, man. They got to grow too. It ain't just players that got to grow and develop here, man. These guys do too, and they're gonna, and they're gonna. Were these the wrong calls in, you know, in hindsight? Yeah. Was the one, the wrong call in foresight to give them the momentum in my opinion? Yes. Wrong calls. Cost us the game. You can argue either way. A lot of more things went into losing this game than just that, you know, but pretty big ones, pretty big ones. But two things can be true. Two things can be true, man. I can love these guys. I can love this team. I can hate that call. I can be upset. We can hug it out and we can move on, man, because we're, we're going to learn and we're going to move forward. Nobody's more disappointed than those guys. Quit acting like they owed you something as a fan because you finally started to buy tickets and you finally started to cheer for this team. Let's be honest, man. Let's be honest about that, too. I'm happy about the way everybody's on board with this team. I'm happy about the bandwagon being full, the stadium being full, season tickets selling out. I'm happy about all of that, man. There's room for everybody, man. I love, I love it. But let's be honest about that. How many people were just shitting on this team for years and could give a shit and didn't care and were upset and angry and didn't want anything to do with this football team? And now because you decided to get on board when they're good, you feel like they owed you something? Man, stop. Knock it off. Knock it off with that. I'm going to tell you right now, knock it off. These guys are more disappointed than you could ever imagine. These guys, this is a team that wasn't like good and blew it like the Niners had the last bunch of years, like, oh, my God, this should be a Super Bowl team, and they just didn't get it done. This is not that team. This is not that team. This team fought and clawed and scratched and played above themselves. This was a magical season, man. This was a magical season. And for you to shit on them after losing that game, shame on you, man. Shame on you. Then don't get on the bandwagon next year. Shame on you. That's terrible. These guys are more crushed than you know. Love them. Can't wait for next season. Can't wait to get going. I'm going to be right back out there with them. Got their back. Be the same team next year, man. Go for it. Go for it when you want to go for it, man. Show these guys that you believe in them. That's Dan's style. Show them you believe in them. Push them. Let's go. It's fourth down. I'm going to trust my quarterback. I'm going to trust my guys. I'm going to go get it. Do your thing, man. Do your thing. Just learn from this one spot here, man. Just learn from this one spot. Sometimes when you're up 14, doing, doing the right thing and having your guys back is just taking the points and let's roll. You know, two things can be true. Two things can be true. Love the Lions. Love Dan Campbell. Let's talk a little bit about that other game, guys, and let's get to some knock it off. All right, everyone. Time to do me a favor and knock it off. Let's talk a little bit about that Ravens Chief game now. I'm not going to beat it up a whole lot, but I'm going to have one big knock it off I want to get to here, guys. It's time to start being fair with Lamar Jackson. It's time to start being fair with this guy. There, there's no, You're not allowed to criticize this guy. And I, I, I understand you listen to the pundits on TV. You listen to everybody in the media and they're always like, Oh, everybody wants to tear this guy down. Everybody doesn't believe in this guy, but that's not what I hear. I hear a lot of people saying that everyone's saying that not what I hear outside knuckleheads on the internet that are just racist or stupid or idiots that want to tear them apart for being a running back. And what are those are idiots? I, I, why are we discussing idiots? Don't drag yourself down into an argument with a moron. Because they'll drag you right down to their level and they'll beat you with experience. Why go down there and talk to those people? They're stupid. Okay. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the pundits on TV. You're not allowed to say anything bad about Lamar Jackson. You're just not. And it's time to get real. 
It's time to treat him fairly because I'm telling you right now, had Brock Purdy come out and played like that against the Lions, we'd be crucifying this guy. This guy goes out and wins games. And I'm not doing a pro-Purdy thing, and I'm not saying Purdy's better than Jackson. Don't even turn it into that. I'm using an example. Brock Purdy goes out there and plays like that, and we're killing him. The media's killing him. The media kills him when he wins games. Oh, it's just the system. Oh, it's just the system, and he's not that good, and blah, 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 and they just want to shit on him like crazy. He ain't that good. He ain't that good. It's kind of the flip side is, is fair to say about Lamar, man. Like, I, listen, I'm on the record. I'm not a Lamar hater. You go back, you listen to the show. I, I think he's great, man. I think Lamar is great. He's he's the most exciting player to watch in the league. I think he's great. I think the way he's bet on himself, the way that he's proved everybody wrong, and that he wasn't going to, you know, take wide receiver tests at the at the combine and shit like that. Good for him. I think he's right. I think he's great. I think he's a great fit in Baltimore. I think he's been great. He's a winner. He's an MVP. I'm not shitting on Lamar Jackson. I think he's very good. But everybody wants to talk about him being one of the greats. And I'm like, sorry, man. No, the greats don't shrink in that moment. They don't. They don't always win. They don't always win. That's not my point. But Lamar tends to shrink in these moments. It's not that he's lost games in the playoffs. It's that he's been extremely bad in the playoffs and there's just there's always this quick race to defend him everybody wants to rush to the front of the line to defend him like i'm hearing everybody talk about the game yesterday and all i'm hearing is all oh, the offensive play calling was terrible what a terrible game plan we're, we're blaming munkin now because lamar couldn't complete a pass and wouldn't take off running because he looked lost and puzzled and didn't understand what was going on stop that Stop that. Yes, the Ravens usually run the ball a lot more than they did the other day because they're usually out front a lot more than they were the other day. Understand football and learn how to watch football. Those are talking points that are bullshit. Yeah, Baltimore runs the ball more than any team in the league. They were also kicking the shit out of everybody most games more than anybody in the league. And what do you do when you're in front? You run the ball. Now, I've said a thousand times on this show, I'm on the record on this show, of being like, I, I think Lamar's great. I think this guy could win a Super Bowl. But the biggest knock on Lamar and the Ravens is if you get out in front of them, they're in big trouble because there is nothing they do offensively that does not run the clock. Lamar takes off running, runs the clock. They're handing the ball off. They're running the clock. Lamar's throwing passes. A lot of times it's short stuff over the middle, crossing routes, dumping to a tight end. Those guys get tackled and bounced. That runs the clock. High percentage completion on those passes. He looked great doing it all year long. He really turned the corner as a passer this year, no doubt about it. The guy proved that he can be a passer. But being a quarterback is a little different, right? And I'm not saying he's not a quarterback. I'm using terms here, all right? He got a lot better in the passing game this year, and Munkin was great for him. But when you can sit here and make the argument that, well, it was just a great plan by the defense. I mean, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, he, he knocked it out of the park. What a fantastic game plan. It was a great game plan. He did a great job of exposing the fact that Lamar Jackson's not going to adapt, figure out your defense, and beat you anyway like the greats do. Patrick Mahomes has lost games, right? I mean, he's lost games, lost Super Bowl. Did they come forward and be like, well, the, the defensive coordinator just shut him down? You know what I mean? And it's like, no, you know why? Because it doesn't happen because guys like Patrick Mahomes, they adjust. You do whatever you want to do defensively. Ravens, best defense in the damn league, right? Best defense in the league. What Patrick Mahomes do to him? 
throw whatever game plan you want at me. I'm adjusting. I'm beating you. I'm taking what you're giving me. I'm seeing it. He's quarterbacking. He's quarterbacking. Lamar's phenomenal, man. But that is something he is lacking right now, the ability to adjust and the ability to, to come back and win games. And you look at it. Every time this guy's lost games, it's, it's because they've been behind, and he shrinks, and he shrinks. Uh, you can't keep making the argument that, oh, he ain't got no weapons. Y'all loved his weapons during the season. All I heard during the season when they were lighting it up was finally they got him. Odell is pretty good, and they got him flowers and and Edwards. And, and oh, man, he's got weapons finally. He's finally lighting it up. And now during yesterday's game, when he's throwing the ball five yards over Beckham's head on go routes, he's not completing anything over the middle. He's overthrowing guys, making bad decisions, won't run the football. Now we're blaming the weapons again. Now it's the weapons or it's the defense. Like, listen, man, at some point, we got to hold this guy accountable for his play. And if you are going to tell me you weren't watching that game and asking yourself, why is he not taking off? When they're showing the overhead, there's green everywhere. Normally, the best running quarterback in the game, probably that the game has ever seen, would take off and take chunks on you and eat you alive. Why was he not doing that yesterday? He just kept sitting back there looking for a place to throw it, staying in the pocket. They had him frazzled. They had him in quicksand. And the greats usually don't get caught in that position. That's the thing he's going to have to get better on before next year. I think he can. He proved this year. He proved this year that he's a passer. He can pass football. He proved that this year. Now he's got to prove that he can adjust on the fly, that he can make reads. It's not just plays where a guy's going to get open, right? It's not just... Uh, you know, uh, if I stay back here eight seconds and no one sacks me, somebody's finally going to get open. That's, that's a lot of the things with him. And that's great. I mean, that's great for the Ravens. It's dangerous. No one can do it like him. Don't get me wrong. No one can do it like him. And that's dangerous, man. He's very good at it, but you're going to run into games, especially in the playoffs where you're going to need to make an adjustment. You're going to need to make a comeback. You're going to need to complete some out routes and get some guys out of bounds. You're going to need to take some things that they give you and move the ball, march it a little bit at a time tuck it and go when you're supposed to tuck and go. He shrunk yesterday. You're not going to tell me otherwise. He shrunk yesterday and he played really, really bad. And it's time to be fair and quit pointing the finger everywhere else. Guys, it's okay to say Lamar stunk it up yesterday, man. He stunk it up yesterday because he did. I'm just saying, let's be fair. Let's be fair. If we're going to rag on other guys for not getting it done when they play pretty good, if we're going to rag on Allen for playing really good football games and losing to Mahomes in the end, and we're going to rag on Allen because on the final drive, he gets down there, but he just doesn't get the touchdown. That's fine. That, that's legitimate. He hadn't gotten it done. In his defense, the one time the Chiefs, you know, that pass to Kelsey with 13 seconds left, nobody covers him and they get 50 yards in 13 seconds. Fine. I mean, Allen went right down and scored before that in like 30 seconds. Outside of that, it's a fair criticism. But he plays well. Like, he played really well in all those games that he's lost to Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. He just didn't beat Patrick Mahomes. And we shit on him for that. The media, they shit on him for that. They do. And it's fair. It comes with territory. Did the same thing to Peyton Manning when he couldn't beat Brady, right? That's fair. That's fair. And that's all I'm saying is let's be fair. If those guys are playing pretty damn good and still losing to Mahomes, then let's be fair when Lamar plays really, really bad and loses to Mahomes. Let's call it what it is. Let's stop blaming Munkin. Let's stop blaming the front office for the weapons. Let's stop saying, well, the defensive strategy was just too good. Stop. Stop. Knock it off. And let's say it. 
it's okay. It's okay to say my man didn't play well at all. And it's kind of a pattern in the playoffs for him. They got to fix that. Anyway, guys, that's what I got to say this week about some of this stuff, man. I love the Lions. I'm crushed. I'm destroyed. Uh, I, I mean, it hurt. It hurt to watch that game go down the way that it went down in classic old school Lions fashion to be that far out front, to look like you got the game in control and for it to just fall apart in five minutes and give it right back to the other team. That was unfortunate, man. But that's not who this team is. It's true that that's unfortunate and that's the way it used to look and it felt like old times when that was happening. But guess what? Those old times never happened in the NFC Championship game and they never happened with a team you honestly felt like next year, we're in it. We're one of the teams next year. It hasn't. This is not the same old Lions, guys. Two things can be true. As always, man, thanks for listening. It's DWMOD. You can disagree with me or don't, and you can do it right over on our social media. Check us out on Facebook, DWMOD Pod. We got reels going. We got chats going. You check us out on the Twitter, DWMOD Pod. And as always, man, check out the show wherever you're getting your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you're doing, man. It's simple. D-W-M-O-D pod. That's disagree with me or don't. And we'll see you next time. Wanna bet? No! God, please, no! No! Tease it. Tease it. When I want a chicken dinner. I'd buy that for a dollar.